Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Stars. And today is a very special day. It is Christmas Eve, and I have a very special guest on today as well. And I'd like to take a little bit from her work, her website. And so what I want you to think about is if you listen to that quiet voice from within, first of all, do you hear it? It may be difficult with all of the external noise, especially now during the holidays. There's bells ringing and horns beeping and all sorts of other things. So it's a, it can be a really difficult voice to hear. And yet this is the voice that's calling to you to tell a story that captivates or make a presentation that impacts or even a pitch like nobody else's business. Isn't it a fact that public speaking is the number one fear that we have, even more than death? Isn't that pretty amazing that we're so afraid to stand up in front of other people and tell our story, tell our work, talk about our movements? All of that is very difficult for people to do. Well, we have an expert and an expert who I dearly find fascinating, and that's Dr. Maluna Fausch. Um, she has a PhD in psychology, but the interesting thing is she has a bachelor's in music business. So we're going to talk more about her background and how she came to be this guru and this master at voice. So welcome, Dr. Maluna. It's so good to have you here. It is my pleasure, Linda. Well, let's start with the, with the simple questions. S- tell our audience a bit about your background, how you got from w- where you were. I know you were in show business and, and you've done a lot of stage work and that kind of thing, to what you're doing now. I have always been in love with the voice. So picture a little girl in the backyard on the swing set swinging and singing every television commercial <laughs> every and top 40. Some of us have been on the planet long enough to remember American Top 40 with Casey Kasem, yes? Oh, yes. I remember it well. <laughs> and I had the ability to sing on pitch and remember all the words. And it was just, it was mesmerizing to me. And I found myself studying the voice I think I began about 16. I studied piano and flute and voice one because I decided it was the most unique and the most personal, expressive, and also the trickiest in many ways. And that's what I wanted to pursue. So I went into corporate and sales and I was teaching singing. My own teachers convinced me that I knew enough to teach because I was saying, I don't know enough to teach. And they said, but you do know enough to teach. And being really having the heart and mind of an entrepreneur and a businesswoman, I began witnessing business people and how poorly they presented. And they were afraid of of public speaking. And I had overcome my own stage fright as a Mm -hmm. performer. So I get it. 
And I thought, you know, I can apply all of my years of training in all these areas to assisting them in how to public speak and pitch and present and change that voice and build on their own story and their incredible ability to present or pitch. You know, we're always presenting or pitching or selling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I guess my question to you then is, one, why is it the number one fear that we have? I mean, what really holds us back from using everything that we have of our voice? I think it's our fear of being judged. When I do surveys on people, mostly executive women, the same themes always come up. I'm concerned I will look stupid, that I won't be able to to improv and think on my feet and answer questions. I know I'm being judged, and what if I don't sound right? What if I mispronounce a word? All of these things are holding us back. So it becomes a left brain ego thing instead of staying in the body and connecting the heart and the story and all of the things that we could be using to connect with our audience. That is so amazing. I, You know my very dear friend, Rebecca Hall Ryder, and I think my audience does as well. Uh, and one of the things that Rebecca does on stage to release that um, fear of making a mistake or you know stumbling or ripping your paper or, or forgetting a word or whatever, mm-hmm. and she has us say things like, oh, you're so beautiful. And it really lessens that that tendency to judge ourselves or to think that the people in the audience are judging you as well. Do you have any tips or tricks around that? I think that's fantastic. I use similar things, Linda, that Mm -hmm. we want to understand actually most people are not judging us. Mm -hmm. And when we can practice and rehearse and know our story and our voice, then that ego is lessened and that self-consciousness goes away. Because when we are nervous and self-conscious, then guess what? We are attracting the judgment of others. Yeah. When we're not and we can just get our confidence up and our story solid, then we're going to radiate confidence and respect. And guess what? The audience will absolutely feel and respond. Dr. Luna, one of the things that, that I've learned, I guess, over the, the years, I started speaking when I was four, uh, although my grandmother told me at that point that I should never stand up in front of groups of people and talk, that I wasn't good at it. So I, car- I carried that for a while. Um, but now, as you can see, I, I do a radio show. I stand up in front of groups of 500 or more, and I've, I've learned how to um, lessen that dragon who sits sits in, in my throat that says, you can't do this, you can't do this, and to get him to sit to the side and just listen. I have a story to tell, a message to, to um, get out to my audience or whatever it might be. Mm. And But isn't it true that the audience really wants you to do a great job? That when they when they start, they're not looking to judge you. They, they really feel for you being up on stage? Uh, Yes, yes, absolutely, because they've probably been there too. Mm -hmm. And if we're telling the, what I'll say, the correct story and we've turned our volume up, they're there to learn or be inspired or be touched 
or give their money to the charity that we're pitching about. Yes, they absolutely are rooting for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's up to us to figure that out and stop fighting that. Just, you know, just go with the flow. No, they, they're rooting for me. Just as you have respect for them, they're giving that back. Exactly. And Dr. Melinda, women too have this genetic heritage that also I think puts a roadblock in our being able to stand up on stage and be real and to really be comfortable with telling our story or pitching our business or whatever it might be that, and I think you, you looked at some of it, you know, you don't want to feel stupid. I can't do improv. Um, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? And also, I have to be 100% perfect. And what if I forget my words? Do I have a teleprompter out there that I can read? And I think that's also one of the, the fallacies of knowing your story too well that you begin to sound scripted. And that loses that that honesty and that heart and that generosity as well. Would you agree with that? I agree. We have all been on the phone with someone, customer service, right? Mm. And you're asking for a specific answer, solution, how do I do this, whatever the case may be. And you can tell that they haven't been trained properly or they don't really have the authority because you'll find that they're on a script. And no matter what you say, they're not hearing you. Yes, And I know that actually makes me angry. I have actually, I will admit this publicly, (laughs) hung up, just not not just hanging up, but saying, you know, I'm I'm really not able to communicate right now. And I'm finding that I'm getting angry, so I'm going to need to hang up and handle this a different way. And I hang up. Yeah, I I so agree. I do that rather than um, get into the, uh, the B word mode where, you know, you're just, you're attacking them rather yes. than trying to collaborate with yes. them on, yeah. It, it, it's, it's so true. We're, we're just wanting to cooperate and collaborate. And sometimes I find it, it's, we are speaking such a different language on so many levels. I simply cannot communicate with that person. So I need to call back, see if I can get someone else, mm-hmm. calm myself down get even clearer on what I'm asking for and try again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I had that just happen not too long ago, and it was it was interesting because I had pledged some money to a charity, and I said to them, I can't pay it right now. Send me an invoice, and I, as soon as I, I uh, clear some uh, bills, I will send you a check for the – it was $50. And they said, fine, no problem, but the sooner you can do that, you know, our research will, will – be advanced and, and I understood the value of what they were doing and what the money was going for. I got three calls from them within a week saying, where's the check? Where's the check? Where's the check? Oh. And I and I said, I told you that I would send it within a month and that you'd get the check. This does not, well, you know, could, how about if I take a credit card now? And I was, I was just, I was appalled that it was that aggressive as opposed to a collaborative collaborative question like well how can we make this happen is there anything I can do from my side to help you with this or anything along those lines and I finally hung up on her I said you'll get the check when you get the check and I really you you get vindictive then you really want to hang on to that check for you know like the next six months which I didn't I did send them a check but I did get another invoice after I sent the check saying just in case you haven't done this yet 
I go, there's definitely something amiss with your process. Um, but I, I just thought that was very interesting from a, from a nonprofit charity that's looking for donations. Boy, that, wow. They need to fire whoever their fundraisers are. Yeah, yeah this is completely incorrect. I, I might not donate to them again. Yeah, I, well, I began to think maybe it was a, uh, it wasn't a real charity, um, but, oh. but it turned out it was, I did my, it my due diligence. It was a charity. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so Dr. Melinda, are, what are the three things that we have to stop doing that really undermines our credibility? Yes, and this is most common in women. So mm-hmm. there are a few men I meet. The first thing that I hear is upspeak, which is where we end every sentence going up, like we don't know <laughs> what we're talking about, and like we're asking a question. It makes us sound ridiculous, not authoritative. Is she going to breathe? Is she going to end her sentence? Does she know what she's speaking about? This mm-hmm. sets up such doubt. The other thing I hear is women who are too high-pitched. A lot of ladies here in the Bay Area speak like like they're children, like they're little girls. What on earth? We need to change that pitch a little bit, and we need to open up that voice. And the third thing, the biggest flag waver, tree ornament, since we're here on Christmas Eve, is guess what? The indiscriminate and meaningless usage of the word sorry. Oh, yes. Sorry. I'll say it in my New York. Uh, We hear this all the time, specifically with women who will anything at all, they'll say, sorry, sorry, instead of, excuse me, there are any number of things we could be saying, but to continually apologize when it and it's not even a legitimate apology to continue to say that we're sorry on a metaphysical level we are not sorry there are so many things it's like a train wreck that comes along with that word mm-hmm. I, I think I think those are all incredible uh, I I do hear that that upspeak a lot where we end with a question. I mean, I actually end with questions, but I hear folks who use that last word as a question and are hoping somebody will answer it. And yet, if you're making a declarative statement or you're speaking your wisdom, that, as you said, it, it really takes away that authority, takes away that knowledge, and has people questioning, is she really the right person to be speaking about this? And that's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. And what I coach my clients with, sometimes, as you mentioned, when you're asking a question, as you know, even sometimes when we're asking a question, that sentence needs to end going down, mm-hmm. not up. Right. Absolutely. I, I so agree with you. Um, and when we get back, let's talk about how you open up your voice so that you lower your pitch. Uh and then as far as your third tip, which is phenomenal, uh, I actually, my, my theme for last year was to be bold and unapologetic. So mm-hmm. every time I said the word sorry, and it was just a, a word to fill in, it wasn't 
anything that was real. I threw a dollar into a fairly good-sized jug. And <laughs> I will tell you that we went to Scotland on that money. Um, so I, But I learned something about myself. I learned when I was using it. And I did look for other words like, excuse me, pardon me, um, and that kind of thing. So audience, while we're on break... Think about how often you say sorry when it's just a filler word and not something that really means something to the person you're speaking it to. And we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with linda.com that's linda at dare the number two dream with linda.com success starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world you are listening to leadership stars with linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back to Leadership Stars with Dr. Maluna Fausch, I'm having such a great time with her talking about voice and pitch and how to really get your message across to people um, that that are in your 
tribe, who are in your troop, who are attracted to you and what you're doing in the world. And we're going to talk more about that as we move along. I wanted to bring up just some more things that were in her background. Dr. Maluna was in show business. She was both an actor and a singer. um, And she firmly believes that show business is the best training in the world for the voice, for presenting oneself well in front of live audiences and to deliver a rock star presentation or pitch that will be effective and successful and draw more people to you and to the work that you're doing. So welcome back, Dr. Mluna. Thank you. We were talking uh, about the the three things that stop people from being able to communicate, especially women. And one of them that we didn't get a chance to dig a little deeper into was the high-pitched voice and how to open that up so that you can drop um, the the decibel level of of the voice or, or just the, the pitch. So how, how do we do that? Yes. I think that there are a number of reasons for, for this happening. We are such a youth culture. And also, we have so many international folks here, which is the reason I love it and the diversity. But some cultures are also youth-centered. So I think there are a number of reasons why this is happening. But it is ineffective. And if you're the only woman in the boardroom, why would they listen to a girl? Mm. It's just not going to be effective. Also in the Western world, the Western cultures, we prefer a lower pitched voice. Our ears and our mind, our brain is just attuned to that. So a couple of things that I like to do is a lip trail. And not everybody can do that, but that lines everything up. There's also thinking about using your breath. And so for me, the voice comes up and out instead of back and down, which a lot of people, I think, use to produce the voice or it's down on the cords or in the throat, as you Mm -hmm. can hear from me. So we want to open that up and think of it as flowing out. So I like to count down on the breath, 10, 9, 8, and just imagine that I'm going forward. So when we can get around the mindset, why are we speaking in such a high pitch? So I would recommend to our listeners, record yourself Mm. and listen. And why, you know, what's going on emotionally and mentally that you're speaking like a child? Sometimes I can hear that a person's emotional development stopped at a certain age. One time I had a client who was in her 50s and she spoke like a young girl And what I found out was that her father had raised her. And so she was still tapping into the approval of daddy. Ooh. Yeah, it was huge. And so she was a financial professional. And as you can imagine, this was costing her clients and business and credibility because she looked like an adult. And when she opened her mouth, it did not match. Right. And the last thing you want to do is hand your money over to a four-year-old, right? You can't trust them with your money, can you? No. (laughs) (laughs) And she was a lovely person in integrity, but it gave, you know, that produces such a doubt for the person we're addressing. 
I think it's also interesting, Dr. Melinda, that when you record yourself, at least I I have found this, I, I don't think I do it any longer, but that I would start and my voice would be higher pitched. And then I would, for whatever reason, I'd clear my throat and the voice dropped. And it would be, again, something that was more adult and more authoritative and this kind of thing. Of course, coming from the military, I also have that command shout that can be heard across a parade field, uh, which is always very interesting to try and do in an office uh, when you're trying to get somebody's attention. And it's amazing how, how far that will actually travel. It doesn't necessarily serve you well, but um, it, is, it is an interesting voice to have and to use and to know when to use it and when not to use it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but I think re- recording your voice is a stellar idea, and I think that scares people. It does, and people will always say, or 99% of the time, oh, Dr. M, I don't like my voice. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't always like my voice. We know even Barbara Streisand doesn't always like her voice. So we just really need to get over it. We're never going to hear our voice as others hear us. It's not possible. And I think that's the key point. That how you hear it is different from how they hear it. It really is. And once we can make peace with our voice and get professional help, whatever you need to do to open that up, build the resonance, make it richer, reading poetry helps, anything that can open up and put more colors into the voice is going to help us professionally and personally. That's incredible. So you're also working with um, some powerful movements and women, I presume men as well, um, who are really on the road to make significant global change. And tell so tell us a little bit about that work that you're doing. There are groups that I'm involved in, I'll call it, and just some of the clients that I work with, what they do on a day-to-day basis from a professional standpoint. I'm also, one of the main things in my volunteer life, I will call it, actually two things I want to mention. One is I serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, which is to end human trafficking, specifically in the Bay Area. And so I had the pleasure of doing a video last week with Silicon Valley nonprofits filmed at the local television stations. Yeah, stadium, stadium, easy for me to say. Yes. TV station, I will slow down. And I also began mentoring a 14-year-old girl. So while that is not a movement, my job and my pleasure is to help this young woman find her voice. So I see it as a giant ripple. I help her. Your radio show, you help others. I help people both with Love Never Fails and in the professional world. We've got the Me Too movement so that women and men are speaking up and speaking out about things we will no longer tolerate on this planet. And I think that's the the real critical piece. Um, I thought Ashley Judd's comment that because of her, re- her refusal to sleep with 
um, her bosses, the producers, the directors. She was labeled as being um, broken and difficult, and and I that this was a, a fantastic actress who had great strength and great depth in her acting capacity, and it in essence blocked her from continuing her craft. And I, I think that that's 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 one of the things we need to step out about. Yes, absolutely. Here, as you mentioned, she is an amazing actor and an amazing woman of integrity. Mm-hmm. And what do we get called specifically as women? Oh, she's difficult to work with. Wow. When we hear those labels, we need our antennae, as I call them, your antennae, need to go up and you need to say, hmm, is that really true? I know for myself, I was propositioned on my day job in the acting community. And I said, hell no. I always said, hell no. And the fact that we're even questioned or propositioned or approached in a different way is shocking, insulting, disrespectful to all life, men, women, everything. And we need to stop. And I believe how women do it we're not violent typically. How are we going to do this? Through our voices. Mm-hmm. And so that voice becomes even more critical when you're speaking on these emotionally based movements uh, from human trafficking to uh, you know, abuse to rape to whatever it might be. Um, also being singled out and not, not being ed- educated the way that you should be. Um, and being discriminated against because of color, I mean, race, we're still seeing that today. Um, and and that's, you know, we would, you would have thought that with the civil rights movement so many years ago that we would have moved forward. And yet people say that we are actually in a worse state than we were at the beginning of the civil rights movement, which I think is just appalling. It is appalling. It's unacceptable it's astonishing it's appalling and i'm feeling and thinking that this next year that we're about to go into we are going to make much bigger strides much quicker because we've shown the light on all of these things during this year and dr luna i think the concern that i have is you know we did the women's movement and it was out there um there were people who did not agree with it. They didn't like how it was being um, visualized um, and that kind of thing. But it drew back, at least from from vision. We had a lot of things that were going on underneath and elsewhere. We had 600 more women who are running for office, for, uh, ran for office uh, for midterms. And, you know, those kinds of things are happening uh, and then we did the anniversary march this year. And again, it pulled back. What I want to see in 2019 is more visibility, more vocalization, more talking about, more doing of things like this. I love the fact that the high school kids went to Washington, stood up, and had phenomenal presentations about violence in the schools that we need to begin to do the work that will change that, not just talk about it, but actually do the work. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, Linda. What we need to do is vocalize and 
gather perspectives. And as you said, every person, regardless of age, color, anything, can make a difference and have a voice. And then we need to, yes, we need to start taking action, not just keep circling back and going around and around and around. We've been talking about these things for years. Mm. So it's time to do something about it. Well, when you think about it, we've been talking about equal pay for how many years? And years and years and years, (laughs) you know, and women's rights and all of that. And yet the very people who we're trying to um, bring this equality to are oftentimes the very people who are uh, rejecting it or blocking it or whatever. It's like we're afraid to actually step into some of these movements and make change happen. It is true. I think we still have some fear. Uh, Women, we carry some fear in our bodies because of past violence. At the same time, I always say, if it's not me, then who is it, right? It can't always be someone else. Oh, they're taking care of it. Actually, who's they? And no, they're not. So Mm -hmm. if it's part of what I think my my divine purpose is, and I can speak up and my voice will be heard, then it's my job to do something about it. And I will get involved, if at all possible, in the movement, at that company, in my own life, however I can make that difference, which starts with me. Absolutely. So, Dr. Luna, uh, I'm sorry, Maluna, um, <laughs> um, is there, are there one or two things, we've, we've got, a, got two minutes before the break, um, that would you know, one or two tips that would make that presentation stand out and get people to really listen and take action? I think what makes a presentation stand out is originality, meaning find your voice, your words. It needs to be organized and clear. There's a way to construct them. Sense of humor. Many times we don't use humor, and boy, does that disarm people. And then Probably the most important is to line up your heart and your voice. When we're the talking head or we're in the brain and all of that, we're not in the body, we're not in the heart, that message cannot be felt. I I think that's so, so very true. Um, Being original, and you know, we we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, prepping and going over your presentation, you know, so that you know it, but not know it to the place where you've memorized it and you've lost the heart, that it's then all in your head. It has to be from the heart in order for you really to bring that emotion and to um, not be a talking head, um, not look like somebody who's reading a teleprompter, which is always scary. Uh, and <laughs> and you're, you're absolutely correct. There, there are other things around uh, organization and being clear and sense of humors and lining up your heart and your voice. So audience, during this break, I want you to look at and reflect back on a presentation that you've made. And are those elements all there? Could you make a change? And if so, would it make it much more powerful than the one you actually gave? And we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas, That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, Lead with Linda.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back to Leadership Stars and my, oh, it's been a fabulous guest, Dr. Maluna Fausch. And we've been talking about all sorts of things around voice and movements and how to make sure that you get your presentation, your pitch, your message out to the world in a way that the world can hear it and can take action on it. I, I love this though. We can find Dr. Maluna speaking out, perpetually in class, learning something new, traveling, wine tasting, and I love this, trying to avoid eating jelly bellies and watching Formula One auto racing. Those two don't connect. (laughs) (laughs) Why jelly bellies? I do not know where my fascination began with jelly bellies. It might have been at the Jelly Belly Factory Tour in Fairfield, California. For those of you who have not been, it is astonishing. I have a weakness for them. I do have a sweet tooth. And so if I buy them, I have to buy the little teeny bags because they will all be eaten in short order. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I totally understand. Um, and so we we talked a bit about movements and and the to make your pitch, your presentation more powerful through uh, originality, through being organized and clear, ha- using your sense of humor. I think that's one of the, the the things that we often forget is that we are funny people, and we we seem to feel that we need to be so serious when we're doing. Uh, a presentation that might be preaching my movement, uh, um, pitching a particular course or whatever it might be. We have to be so serious. You know, we have to put on our serious face and we can't do a sense of humor. And yet I find people respond better when there's something that slips in that maybe you didn't plan on it because it's obviously more fun when you don't plan on it. Uh, and and they, it, But it just triggers something within them. Um, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. I, and I do hear that from clients. Well, this is a financial presentation for the executive board. Well, great. So we're going to do data and we're going to have visuals and we're going to do all of that. But I can promise that those men and women sitting in that boardroom would like nothing better than a joke, a cartoon, or a story. And it needs to break it up because it's when it's all data and it's all serious and you know, it's too heavy, we can't receive it, we can't hear it as well. Even our ears, our physical ears get fatigued mm-hmm. like other parts of the body. So it is essential to bring our personality, our storytelling, and our sense of humor. As you said, it's huge. Well, and, and Dr. Luna, you, you remember uh, PSA, uh, Pacific States Airlines, and they started this. Their lead flight attendant would do the safety briefing with just uh, funny pieces. Like, you know, if if you're sitting next to a child or someone acting like a child, put your mask on first. You know, those kinds of things. But for those of us who traveled a lot, it really made us listen because it was so different. Uh, I think the, the ears and the mind get... Uh, numb when you hear the same thing, the same presentation over and over and over again, that you stop listening to it. Uh, and I think that's the challenge with something like a safety presentation where you have to get certain things out. But to change it up and to put in some humor, I think actually made it easier for people to hear it, to understand it, and then to be able to react to it should they need to. It is, you're so right. I am always rooting for being on an airline where where they will change it up. Oh, yeah. Now, the last time I flew Virgin America, not Virgin Atlantic, but Virgin America, they made it very fun. Now, I happened to be upgraded to first. Woohoo! Love first class. And they were hilarious. So, Virgin might still be doing that. I hope they are. I haven't flown them in a while. But yes, there's nothing more powerful or makes you feel more safe than when the pilot comes on, the captain comes on, and they're funny. Yes, yes, I and love your it. Ears prick, you know, your ears go, oh, oh, I heard something funny. Oh, and I'm always laugh. I, I laugh. Even if nobody around me on the plane is laughing, I am listening, and I love it. Well, and I think it's, it's also very clear that people um, – also do what they see, not necessarily what they hear. And I think that was really clear with the whole uh, oxygen mask 
fiasco where people were holding it out from their mouth and not putting it on, but holding the strap above because that's what they saw the flight attendants do. So therefore it must be correct. And so they don't always listen to your words. And I, I think, you know, when you can change those up, you, you can shake up the presentation, right? That is so true. We are modeling. I mean, they're modeling for us and that body language and what they're doing you know, like little kids, right? We do the same thing. We follow exactly what we're seeing, don't we? So it's exactly. not just our verbal. It is how we look and our body language that are part of that effective communication. And isn't it true? It's, it's more the body language that we look at and look at for congruency between the words and the body language, yeah? It is. The, it's much, much, it's a very small percentage of the words we're saying. It's how we're delivering and speaking and our body language. Those are the huge parts of our communication. So absolutely. So we have to watch our projection. We have to watch our body language to make sure that they are in congruency with each other so that the message gets heard the way we want it to be delivered and to be used. Um, Yes. Yes, let's up our chances for effectiveness. Absolutely. And also, I know in conversation, you do a lot of um, reflective listening. In other words, I think I heard you say, um, and that kind of thing, which can also be very helpful in making sure that the message that you're delivering is the one that's actually being received. Um, However, if you're giving a a presentation where you are it, the questions oftentimes will tell you whether you got through or not. Good point. Yes. Okay. It's not so much a two-way. It's a little trickier, isn't it? It is. One-to-one conversation, you can just ask more questions. And, you know, because it is our responsibility, our communication is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to do the very best that I can do to make sure it lands the way I thought it would. And I think that's a real key for people to hear uh, on the show. Your communication is your responsibility. And so if you're not getting the reactions that you're looking for, look at how you're communicating, because that is the one thing that you can control. You can't control the audience. That's right. Okay. So, Dr. Maluna, since we're um, getting close to the end of the session, I have a couple couple things to cover. And... Um, one is you have a free gift for our audience. Yeah. Would, would you tell us about it? Free gift. Thank you. I love free gifts. Days, right? Even yeah. More that we should receive a free gift and wonderful things. Absolutely. Especially as we're wrapping up this year, because I don't want anyone to go into the new year and not, not find their voice or not get a coach or whatever it is they might need. So what I'm offering is, this is a complimentary 20-minute discovery session by telephone. What I want to do is listen in and tune in and open the door to what might be holding the person back from a, what I call a confident, effective, rock star voice. And that is amazing. And you will find it in our free gifts link um, on the site. So please do tap into that. And Dr. Maluna, I know I would um, definitely love a complimentary 20-minute discovery session to see what I could do 
to make my voice even more confident, effective, and definitely a rock star voice. So we'll we'll talk more about that. Yeah, well, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're we're coming up to the end, and you're absolutely correct. This is a this is Christmas Eve, and what a perfect way to um, give a gift for the year for the new year that's coming up and ending this year as well. So I thank you so very much for that. Um, just tell me, what are you going to do to celebrate um, the holidays? And how do you raise your voice during the holidays? Mm. A lot of times we will go to Switzerland. That, mm. you know, I happen to marry a man from Switzerland. That is my second home. And as some of our listeners know, the winter and snow and the Swiss Alps at the holidays, nothing could be more gorgeous. So I will probably do that. And part of that is going to some kind of church, lifting my voice in song and prayer, ritual, meditation, all of that. I will also speak my goals out loud. Actually, I prefer the word promises. What, do, what did I promise myself? How did I do this year? And how do I want to do even better next year? Okay, sounds great. Um, and aren't there a whole bunch of, of winter, um, I don't want to say carnivals, but markets throughout that area as well? There are. In, now, sometimes when we go over it, they're already ended. But the first part of December, you've got all the Kris Kringle markets, all the European open air markets. In fact, one of the biggest in Switzerland is in the Zurich train station. So yes, they're amazing. You can get the the Glühwein, the hot spiced red wine, which mm-hmm. I love. You can get food and crafts, you know, local people making their crafts and their art. What What could be a more beautiful gift? than to give those kinds of gifts to other people that you love and care about. Absolutely. And I know um, I've always wanted to take, there's a a river cruise that goes to the Christmas markets, which I thought would be just an amazing way to get to as many as you can and really see the differences from town to town. Uh, I think that's also the, the wonder of the Christmas markets. We must be reading the same travel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Because I have that on my list as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you said that one of the things you're going to do is speak your promises. You're also looking back at 2018 to see, you know, what you've accomplished, uh, what what goals have you met, uh, what promises have you kept, um, and that kind of thing. So taking that and projecting into the new year. Um, what what's in the new year for you, Dr. Maluna? <laughs> I will be asking my heart, am I, am I doing the things that I love? Uh, I think there will be more, even more women that I will work with next year. I also think several of the men will step up and say, you know, I want to change the way I communicate. I want to make sure I'm asking very clearly for what I want. So I'll be looking at, am I boldly and clearly daring to ask for what I want? I also want more self-awareness, which is something I work on all the time. I want to make sure that I'm including all peoples 
and working with a diverse, very different set of individuals and companies and nonprofits. And I want to ask myself to slow down a bit. I'm, I'm a type A, I'm a manifester, I'm somewhat impatient at times. So I want to make sure that I'm slowing down a bit so that I'm, I am acknowledging every human that I encounter and all of the beauty and living creatures that are around us. Oh, I think those are just amazing promises for you to make for 2019. I firmly believe that 2019 is going to be a, an explosion of movements and that we are going to see more and more women step into what I sort of say is creating that quilt block to, you remember the AIDS quilt and the women who, and men who provided blocks for that and it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And I think if we look at, at world change in that same way, that we each have a block that we are responsible for and that in 2019 we need to step up with our voice and to make our block happen to grow that peace no matter how small it is how local it is the fact that we're doing it is what's really really important and along with that goes the diversity and I agree with you I need to slow down um, there are <laughs> <laughs> There are far too many things going on in my life. Um, and, um, you know, my children are now um, both, they're like two and a half hours from each other, which is fantastic, but they are in the Midwest. And so getting out to see them more often in 2019 will be really important. I think also for our audience to look at, you know, what did you accomplish this year? Did you have a vision for the end of 2018 and where are you on that vision so these are the things that I want you to examine as we close this episode with Dr. Maluna Fausch and I want to thank you so very much for being here it's been a delight I've learned so much um, and I want to thank you so much for being here on this very special day thank you thank you okay and audience Um, If you want more information about the art of hurting cats or more about becoming a movement maker, uh, please send me an email at lynda at dare to lead. And that's a number two lead with lynda.com. And until next week, be courageous, dare to lead. And we'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.